Ladies and gentlemen, I wanted to introduce a new sponsor to the podcast. Hillsdale College has been a longtime sponsor of the broadcast. And for the new year, they've graciously agreed to exclusively sponsor the first hour or segment of the podcast. I believe deeply in the principles and mission of Hillsdale College, which I share with you during the upcoming segment. My thanks and appreciation to Hillsdale College for their long partnership with the show. And now, the podcast. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello, everybody. Mark Levin here. Our number, 877-381-3811, 877-381-3811. Hey. I hear it's the State of the Union tonight. Now, you'll recall Nancy Pelosi canceled it, and then she relented. That's a victory for Trump, but nobody views it that way except me, I guess. But look how things start out here. The National Emergencies Act of 1976. Nobody even heard of this law before. It's been used over 50 times by the president's predecessors. And over 30 of those times, it's still in use for the times that they were triggered. So this president has said at least that he would like to use it, respecting the southern border. The media go nuts, and they lead the way. Then the Democrats go nuts, and now the Republicans are saying, don't do it. He might be the first president since 1976 not to use the National Emergencies Act of 1976. Now, some conservative commentators think this is funny. Some conservative commentators are trying to position themselves. They're very surface-oriented. This does not violate separation of powers. Congress passed this law. It's called the National Emergencies Act of 1976, not Executive Order 2278341. Congress also has the power to attempt to reverse a president's decision under this statute. A simple majority of both houses can pass a resolution. The president can veto it. But now, now we're told there may be a revolt within his own party in the Senate. Now, folks, I've had enough of this. These are phony issues. This is a legitimate law. That if the president uses it, we'll be using it legitimately. Not in any excessive way, not in any way to grab power from Congress or anything of that sort. Congress has failed to do its job. All these bastards have failed to do their job. Now the Republicans are rising up. McConnell doesn't like it. I guarantee you he's part of the problem among the Republicans in the Senate. If he wanted to drive this, he'd get all of his, uh, <clears throat> he'd get them all lined up. But he doesn't want to drive this. Why? Because he wants to be the power player. And all I hear today is there might be an agreement. There might be an agreement. It's the politics. What's the substance if there might be an agreement? What would the substance be? Would it actually secure our southern border or begin to do so? So all of a sudden, the National Emergencies Act of 1976, used over 50 times by past presidents, is controversial. All of a sudden, it violates separation of powers. All of a sudden, it's, it's tyrannical. 
because this president wants to use it for a good reason. Nobody ever talks about the failure of Congress, the failure of these Republicans who've been in Congress for decades. The goals of the Democrats in the House and the Senate to prevent securing the border. Their plans, their policies, their objectives are always noble for the people. But not so when conservatives and this president decide that they're actually going to do something. And let's say they don't get a deal with the Democrats. Or let's say the deal is a lousy deal, 80% their way, which they typically are. What alternatives do Mitch McConnell and these so-called conservatives have, these pseudo-conservatives? What's their proposal? They have no proposal. They have no idea whatsoever. They're just shooting spitballs. Now, I'll be honest with you. I think the president should have triggered this thing already. I really do. I think he should have triggered it, let it litigate, see where it winds up. If you lose, then figure something else out. I really do. I do not trust McConnell. You know, they're going to run around a deal in our time, peace in our time, like Neville Chamberlain. You watch. If there's some deal, it's going to be a deal mostly you're not going to like. Waving it around. See that? It does work. See that? There is bipartisanship. And to hear Schumer continue to say, we might get a deal if the president stays out of it. The president stays out of it? He represents one branch of the federal government. He's in charge of the border. He's in charge of national security. He's in charge of immigration, according to the Supreme Court, when Obama was president. But he should stay out of it, you see, because they love dealing with McConnell and the French Republicans. They love it. McConnell's a big spender. He's a big debtor. He's a big government guy. All the years he's been leading the Republicans in the Senate. Massive spending, massive debt. Obama rolled him, and now he wants to roll Trump on this. I'm convinced of it. When the Republicans had both houses of Congress, did they present the president with a bill that was workable, that was feasible? No. No, they didn't. So it's really, uh, and, and when the Republicans controlled Congress under George W. Bush for, for his first, um, what was it, six years or so? What did he do? He wanted to expand it. So now you have a president who wants to put his foot down. The problem is he's moving more and more and more toward their direction, I'm, I'm, I fear. And mostly because the Republicans in the Senate are weak. They're buckling. They're buckling. Now, as for this State of the Union, nobody remembers what's said at the State of the Union, but they remember antics from the State of the Union. They remember antics from the State of the Union. The State of the Union is in the Constitution. That is, a president from time to time delivers a message on the State of the Union. Obviously, it doesn't have to be in front of the House. It doesn't have to be on TV and radio. They could write it and deliver it. But it's an interesting event, I think, even though it's forgotten about and even though they hype it in the media. But the Democrats are bringing people, some of them into the House of Representatives, who should be gathered up by law enforcement. Illegal aliens? Would an illegal alien be brought to the House of Representatives 20, 30, 40 years ago? 
AOC. Call her AOC. AOC. What is she, FDR? AOC. She's bringing a radical whose group was funded by George Soros, who screamed at that pathetic former Senator Flake in the elevator. You know what? She has a point. She's screaming like hell. You know, maybe I'll delay this thing on Kavanaugh. She's bringing her into the House of Representatives. No respect whatsoever for tradition or custom. No respect whatsoever for the Constitution. That's part of the problem. They're all the things that have come before. All the people who've sacrificed in war and peace to build this magnificent society. We're supposed to throw it all away for labels. Ooh, the Green New Deal. It only costs $7 trillion. Ooh, health care for all. We don't even know what it costs, but it's a right. Ooh, I have another idea. Free college for everybody. Yeah, yeah. So we have more and more zombies graduating from these Marxist tenured professors in these bloated universities and colleges. That's exactly what we need. Exactly what we need. But the Democrats support it. That creates more Democrats. Illegal immigration. Move to amnesty. That creates more Democrats. Eliminate the Electoral College. Right? Do all these things that are necessary to take power and keep power. Now, we're supposed to worry about the president triggering the National Emergencies Act of 1976 like he wrote it, like he's doing it unilaterally, like it hasn't been in place for nearly 50 years, like other presidents haven't used it. He better not do it during the State of the Union. He better not, they say. We'll be ready to pounce, as they always are, and they never stop. The State of the Union. State of the Union is strong except for the left. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. I want to thank our sponsor, Hillsdale College, for all they do to try and maintain the greatness of America. You know, most colleges have enough trouble maintaining the greatness on their own campuses, and they have declined, and they have fallen into cultural rot. Not Hillsdale College. It's a special place, and now they reach out to all citizens of the country to spread the word of liberty, the Declaration of Independence, the Constitution, capitalism, all the great things that make America what she is today. And now that Congress is under new leadership, it already seems to be on a mission to thwart our liberty, doesn't it? Yours and mine. But too many representatives don't know how to preserve liberty, and too many of them don't care. We call them progressives. But I'm not interested in the progressives. I'm interested in you, we the people. It's up to we the people to retain what we have earned and to retain what we have received from our founding fathers. And our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check. And being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. That's why for a limited time, my good friends at Hillsdale have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free, to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. Hillsdale is on a mission to restore liberty like the rest of us. And you can take their excellent online course for free for a limited time. Sign up today for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore. Learn about liberty, the Declaration, the Constitution. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. You know, folks, I'm working on a book now that I think is going to knock your socks off. 
like liberty and tyranny. I'm not going to get into it, but I really think it's going to knock your socks off. What does that mean, Mark, say some of the youngins? I think you're really going to be riveted by this book. I must tell you, as I study and I, you know, do my own research and so forth, I learn a great deal as I write books. I've learned an enormous amount here. And I'm writing it in a style that's very digestible, if you know what I mean. Very digestible. Very understandable. That is an easy read. But I do think it's going to knock your socks off. Now, a lot of authors say that. I know some of my books are more intellectual than others. Some of them are more scholarly than others. This one is very scholarly, but very readable, very understandable. And I'm not done. I'm about three-fourths of the way there. And certain uh, events will delay it. But I'm just saying that uh, I'm telling you this because I'm anxious to get it out. It's interesting. When an author finishes a book, at least this author, the publisher tries to get it out as quickly as they can. There's a very thorough editing process to make sure there aren't any spelling mistakes or grammatical mistakes. I'm involved in it because I edit my books myself as well. But there are copy editors who look for punctuation errors. (coughs) Excuse me, I have a little cold today. Punctuation errors and so forth. When you're writing a book, you're you're thinking about what you're writing. You're not really taking an, an exam. But I'm pretty good at it. Some people do several drafts of a chapter. I write a chapter, and I'm done with the chapter. I write a chapter, and I'm done with the chapter. So it is a slower process than it will be for people who push out three, four, five books a year with the help of ghost writers and ghost researchers. Also, there'll be plenty of endnotes so people can check up anything that I say. I do my very best to give credit where credit is due, and so you can look at original sources, all my books. But I think this one's going to be very, very important to those of you who love this country, to those of you who want to get it back. I mean, um, as I say, I've learned a great deal doing this myself. Got all kinds of proposals out there. We have the Green New Deal. Isn't that clever? It's like the old New Deal, but it costs more money. Wouldn't you think by now you had the New Deal, the Great Society, the Fair Deal, the Square Deal... The Obamacare deal. Wouldn't you think by now we'd be done with the deals? But we're not. You know why? A Marxist's work is never done. Ask people all over the world. It's never done. You know why? Because it doesn't work. You know why? Because it's irrational. You know why? Because it goes against human nature. It goes against truth and that's the problem I'll tell you what's amazing our media think that they're professional Washington Times ran that ad during the Super Bowl game because they think you're stupid and that you don't support the uh, that you don't support the First Amendment you're smart and you do support the First Amendment and freedom of the press and freedom of speech but let's do a little experiment here It's perfect time. 
you, me, all of us. You're going to watch the State of the Union address, and then I know as painful as this is, watch 30 minutes of the press coverage after it's over, and after Stacey Abrams is done, and they'll say that she's, she's the next president of the United States, she's great, she could be the first woman African-American president, put all that aside, all the identity politics, all, but listen to how the media cover it. It's embarrassing. It'll be embarrassing. It'll be embarrassing. It'll be immature. It'll be partisan. It'll be superficial. Just watch. The media bring us down as a society, the modern media. They drag us down. They make people dumber. They make people angrier. I'm serious about this. And I'm not just talking about opinion media. I'm talking about so-called news media, so-called journalists. And I've been discussing this at some length with my beautiful wife. And uh, we happen to agree on this. Can you imagine? A Green New Deal. What is a Green New Deal? Nobody knows, but it sounds good. So they do polls now. Do you favor a Green New Deal? Oh, yes, a majority of the Americans favor a Green New Deal. Do you favor a 90% tax on rich people? Oh, yes, a majority of people favor a 90% tax on rich people. Do you favor... This is why, ladies and gentlemen, you must reject populism. The rule of the mob. Polls have nothing to do with the way this country is supposed to function. We're a republic. If we're to be driven by polls, that is, if policy decisions are going to be made by polls, it's interesting to get input, but if policy decisions are going to be driven by polls, and I see more and more on the left this is what they do, then why not have referenda all the time? Or even plebiscites for that matter. We'll just go to the polls and vote, and they're right. Why not get rid of the Electoral College? In fact, why not get rid of the Senate? The Senate has no purpose. Maybe we'll get rid of the courts. Oh, yeah, we'll get rid of all these institutions that do not reflect the immediate will of the people or factions of the people. You're going to get polls after the State of the Union, either immediate or tomorrow, whenever, telling you what the people thought about the State of the Union address. You know what most polls are? Fabricated news. Making news, not real news. That's what most polls are, but mark my words, watch the after-speech analyses and just see how loathsome the media have become. They're going to talk about somebody's facial this or facial that and so forth, and too often, you know, many of my colleagues fall into this stuff too, but you'll see what I mean. I'll be right back. 
Now, ladies and gentlemen, it appears that the new congressional leadership is on a course to impede our liberty, your liberty and mine and the future liberty of your children and your grandchildren. Many of our representatives simply don't understand or care about the critical imperative to preserve our liberty. And it would seem that some of these so-called progressives actually seek to kill it. And these progressives are quite unlikely to understand or learn these things, which is why we have to. We need to overcome them. Our founding fathers counted on we the people to hold our government in check and be Being able to do that means understanding the proper role of Congress. Now, to help us understand this critical issue for a limited time, my friends at Hillsdale College have brought their powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress back, absolutely free to equip all of us to know what we should expect of our Congress. I encourage you to check out this course, but not just you, your family, your friends, your coworkers, your neighbors. Spread the word of liberty like Hillsdale College is. Hillsdale is on an important mission to restore liberty in our great country. And for a limited time, you can take their excellent and enlightening online courses for free. I urge you to sign up right now for this critical course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't work anymore. Learn more about liberty. Spread the word. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. Mark Levin. Radio's principal patriot. Call in now at 877-381-3811. Well, there is a little breaking news. By the way, everything's breaking news. There's not just plain news anymore. Have you noticed that? Yes. This is from the uh, Babylon Bee. And this is a, a very important story. Kermit Gosnell to attend State of the Union as Nancy Pelosi's special guest. Notorious serial killer and champion of women's rights, Kermit Gosnell, is set to attend Trump's State of the Union address this evening as Speaker of the House Nancy Pelosi's special guest. Sources confirmed Tuesday. Gosnell is serving life in prison but was let out at Pelosi's request to attend the event. The House Speaker stated she wanted a guest who could stand for reproductive health care and women's rights during Trump's speech. She called the move a powerful statement against those who would infringe on a woman's right to choose. Bringing this brave man along to the State of the Union sends a powerful message to the anti-choice bigots, Pelosi said in a press conference. When state law forbade him from aborting late-term infants, he did so anyway. He is a strong, brave freedom fighter who is simply ahead of his time. We Democrats are just now catching up to him when it comes to late-term and post-birth abortion policies, she added. Gusnell is to be seated next to Planned Parenthood President Liana Wynn. Now, that should be fascinating, Mr. Producer, don't you think? So, Gosnell, you would think, would be invited by Nancy Pelosi. No? Infanticide. Isn't that effectively what he was convicted of on multiple counts? Isn't that now what's going to take place in New York? Isn't that what's being pushed in Virginia? Isn't this what's taking place in about a dozen states now, including some Republican states? They call it a woman's right to choose. A woman does not have the right to choose infanticide. That's murder. Particularly a mother. Now, obviously, this was written tongue-in-cheek at the Babylon Bee, but, it, but it's... It's really a perfect point, is it not? Say that again? I'm not sure what you're saying, Mr. Producer. Mr. 
Oh, 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 right, right, right. Yeah, we'll get to it. So uh, he's reminding me I have stuff to actually do here. So the Babylon Bee. Krimika is now to attend. Now, don't start writing. He's not attending. I just thought it was probably the smartest thing said all day about who should. Who should go to the State of the Union address. And Nancy Pelosi, by all rights, should have had Kermit Gosnell sitting right next to her. In fact, all the radicals on this issue, maybe all the members from New York, Democrats, who supported what Andy Cuomo did. Cuomo, what he did. But uh, obviously that's not going to happen. You know, I was also thinking about the president's agenda. What is so radical about his agenda? There's parts of his agenda I don't even agree with, but the left would, right? Tariffs on our allies. This has been a thing that was pushed by Bernie Sanders and Schumer and big labor for decades. Well, they got it. This so-called prison reform, this is something they've wanted for decades. They got it. They got it. Massive new spending, because McConnell and Ryan really pushed the president against the wall. He signed it. I wish he hadn't, but he did. So they got that. Now, his position on the southern border used to be a centrist position. You know, we'll give a little here, we'll give a little there. We need more infrastructure, you know, more, more walls, more fences. Now, all of a sudden, it's racist and radical. Why? Because the left has decided that's what it is. The media have decided that's what it is, and now that's what it is. Wrong. So even his position on the border is not a radical position in the least. He increased spending on defense. That's not a radical position. It had been eviscerated over the years, thanks to sequestration, which McConnell and Obama agreed to. And his foreign affairs has been very, very sound. So what exactly are the radical things that this president has done, particularly coming from the left with their absolute crazy-ass ideas? There aren't any real radical things this president has done. A lot of traditional things, cuts taxes, cuts regulations. I mean, if a Republican president can't do that, what can they do? He's trying to put originalists on the Supreme Court. That's not radical. That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm serious, Mr. Producer. Can you think of anything radical this president has done? Outside the bounds of what presidents do? I can't. It just shows you how much, how much real estate we've lost. Culturally, intellectually, politically. When you have this 29-year-old idiot being promoted as, as, uh, as a wise person. And you have the President of the United States who is promoting very traditional, fairly conservative, in some cases solidly conservative policies. some cases some liberal policies. And he's treated as a pariah. He's treated as uh, outside, you know, the bounds. And it's not true. We got people proposing 90% marginal taxes, wealth taxes, which is confiscating private property, Green New Deals. This Green New Deal. You want to hear about this Green New Deal? Do you know what the Green New Deal is? Let me tell you a little bit about this Green New Deal. And it's being proposed by Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, 
who's been in office, what, about three minutes? And Massachusetts Democratic Senator Ed Markey, who is a kook and has always been a kook. And their plan, which they're going to unveil, see, they have a plan to unveil. And you know what this plan's going to do? She wrote to her fellow representatives, did AOC, calls for a national, social, industrial, and economic mobilization at a scale not seen since World War II, quote-unquote. Is that what we need? Next week, we plan to release a resolution that outlines the scope and scale of the Green New Deal, she said in her letter. Adding the country's near-total economic transformation should take approximately 10 years. Economic transformation will take approximately 10 years. National, social, industrial, and economic. To raise awareness for the measure, Markey announced he had invited Parshini Prakash. Well, who the hell cares? The co-founder of the Sunrise Movement Environmentalist Group. To be his guest at President Trump's State of the Union address. Well, we'll all be looking out for Varshini Prakash, if that is his or her name. The Green New Deal proposal would lead to a national net zero greenhouse gas emissions. Now, here's the problem, ladies and gentlemen, with most of these ideas. They're impossible. They can't be accomplished. But it won't matter. It's the damage that's done in between. That's what matters. Several analysts, meanwhile, have cautioned that the liberal firebrand, she's not a liberal firebrand, she's a Marxist nutjob, is in over her head, even though the as yet vague and uncertain details about the Green New Deal render a precise calculation impossible at the moment. Physicist Christopher Clack told the Hill that the cost would easily be in the trillions. It's a daunting task, and I'm not sure the authors of the Green New Deal fully comprehend how much they'll need. They don't care doesn't matter. Institute for Energy Research President Tom Powell was more blunt. 100% renewable energy defies the laws of physics. It would be impossible to achieve. Not only does Marxism defy the laws of physics, it defies the laws of economics, and that's the problem. Nevertheless, approximately 70 Democratic lawmakers have so far tentatively endorsed a Green New Deal, including Massachusetts Senator Elizabeth Warren and California Democratic Senator Kamala Harris. Well, that's certainly helpful. Now, uh, House Speaker Pelosi is not publicly signed on to the plan, or she will. There's no legislative text available yet, ladies and gentlemen. So we're going to get rid of all natural gas, all oil, and all coal. Which means we're also going to get rid of electricity that is generated from all those sources. We're going to get rid of propane for you folks in the rural areas. And I guess you're going to walk around with the propeller uh, beanies and battery-operated warming socks. You know, you've seen them. They all want to drive us into their hell. They all want to drive us back pre-industrial revolution. Now, what do you notice about Venezuela and Maduro and his inner circle? Do they live like Marxists? No. They live like kings and queens. 
How do you think the modern-day Marxists in our country, they call themselves democratic socialists, but that's just a a fig leaf. How do you think they're going to live like kings and queens? That's why they don't live under Obamacare. That's why they don't live under Social Security. They exempt themselves. That's why they believe they should be immune from quote-unquote government shutdowns. We need to take this very, very seriously. These are very unserious people who have an enormous amount of power. And as they continue to change the population, as the population becomes, frankly, dumber and dumber because of what goes on in our schools, which is a lot of some education, but a lot of indoctrination, as people are brought into this country, they're not assimilated into Americanism. They're assimilated into Marxism and progressivism. There, there's a new thought. We'll see who the next backbencher is who steals that. But you get my point. It'll be harder and harder to reverse course. I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. The new congressional leadership is in town, but there's nothing new about what they're pushing. Big government, centralized government, iron-fisted government, higher taxes, more regulations, open borders. They're on a mission to obstruct our freedom and undermine our sovereignty. Yours, mine, all of ours. And too many representatives don't care. This is the nature of progressivism. It's an ideological poison. And the best way to fight it is with knowledge, information about liberty, about the Declaration, about the Constitution, and how Congress is supposed to work. It's up to we, the people, to understand what our government is and is not supposed to do. And that includes Congress. And thankfully, my good friends at Hillsdale College have brought back the powerful online course on the history and proper role of Congress, and it's absolutely free. Please take advantage of this remarkable offer to equip yourself, your family, your friends, your neighbors, with the knowledge that all of us should have about our Congress and our government generally. Hillsdale College is on a critical mission to restore liberty in our great country. And you can take their excellent online courses for free for a limited time. So sign up right now for this important course at levinforhillsdale.com. That's L-E-V-I-N for Hillsdale.com. Learn how Congress used to work and why it doesn't anymore so we can do something about it. Go to levinforhillsdale.com. You know, uh, I'm watching the pre-State of the Union coverage. It's so uh, it's, it's so superficial. It just is. Uh, the president is going to call for unity. And you have reporters and Democrats saying, well, if he does this and says this and says this and says this, I don't know how we can you know, have unity. In other words, if he doesn't embrace a Green New Deal or a massive tax increase or a significantly open border or anything like that, then we can't have unity, you see, ladies and gentlemen. Well, then we don't want unity. Truth is, we've never had unity for unity's sake. We've had unity when we've needed it. When we're at war, when there's significant economic dislocation, like the Depression or something of that sort. Otherwise, we Americans are a rowdy bunch. And you'll never find me unifying with those who support a 90% tax or a wealth tax or are constantly eviscerating our military and our law enforcement who reject constitutional judges. What's to unify? 
They need to be defeated. So remember, these are politicians. You're not a politician. I'm not a politician. And a lot of times, of course, they say things they don't even mean. All right, the Kermit Gosnell statement I made, because we're, we're getting increasing, was tongue-in-cheek to prove a point. That he would fit beautifully as a Nancy Pelosi, or for that matter, Democrat Party guest in the House of Representatives tonight. He could also be a wonderful, wonderful guest, an expert spokesman on the Morning Joe, on the Chris Cuomo show, whatever it's called, all those shows. Sour Don Lemon. Be absolutely great on those shows. Now, of course, we don't want to secure the border, do we? No, I don't think we do. According to the Washington Examiner, our buddy Paul Bedard, a real journalist, Census Bureau says 75 million more immigrants by 2060, 95% of future U.S. growth. The Census Bureau is projecting that the population of the United States will hit 404 million by 2060, just 40 years, your kids and grandkids, and nearly all the net growth will be from immigrants and their families. The new analysis of the figure shows that of the 79 million uh, more in 2060, that of the 79 million more in 2060, 75 million will be legal and illegal immigrants and their families, a population the size of France and Belgium combined. Without immigration, according to the census analysis from the Center for Immigration Studies, the U.S. population would increase by just 3.7 million, the latest sign the country is on a path to zero native population growth. And so, that's the future. Mark, what's wrong with that? There's a lot wrong with that. Unless there's assimilation, unless there's an embrace on constitutional government, unless it's the American culture that people assimilate into, not progressivism, not democratic socialism, a.k.a. Marxism, then the country will be a failed country. We're not doing what is necessary to accommodate this. I'll be right back. He's here. He's here. Now, broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Here, our number 877 Every uh, cable channel, I notice, has a countdown clock to when the State of the Union begins. So much of what goes on is uh, a non-reality or an unreality that is just pushed on us, pushed on us, pushed on us. And it's in our homes, and we turn it on, and we watch it. And if you think the media today, you think the so-called journalists and analysts are going to change tonight, before and after the State of the Union, you're wrong. They're going to be the same nasty leftists that they were before the State of the Union. And I guarantee you, they're going to tell you Stacey Abrams was a superstar. She hasn't even spoken yet. But trust me, she's going to be a superstar. Donald Trump you know, not a particularly great speech. I'm, do, I'm doing the commentary from the media right now. Not a particularly great speech. 
You could see the Democrats and so forth that didn't really unite. He tried. But he's been so poisonous with his politics and his tweets. And it's impossible for the man who's caused this divisiveness to bring us all together. This is what they're going to say. Let's see if I'm right. I have no advanced script. I have no advanced summary of what he's going to say. I bet you he throws out $1.5 trillion for infrastructure spending. Yay! Price control on drugs. They won't call it that, but yay! See, that'll be the Republican version of democratic socialism. Yes, we want prices down and everything available to us. Yay! Well... Things just don't show up at the pharmacy any more than they just show up on the grocery store shelves, any more than the cars show up at the dealership or gasoline shows up at the pump. People have to do stuff. They have to be motivated to do stuff or they're not going to do it. Most of you have had enough of Washington and the politicians and government, yet so many of us want more government and programs. Just like the polls that say all these people have no problem with a 70% or 90% marginal tax rate. Of course, 45% of them don't pay income taxes. So it's a freebie, stealing somebody else's money and getting goodies. I'm just trying to give you the right mindset for what's coming after the State of the Union. Stacey Abrams will be a superstar and Donald Trump will be, will not be. That's what they're going to do. And here's a montage from our friends at Newsbusters. You see ABC, CBS, NBC, and you'll see that they're giddy over Trump facing a sea of opponents up in the gallery in the House of Representatives. Cut one, go. The State of the Union just hours away. President Trump preparing to take center stage as his approval rating hits historic lows, facing a Democratic House for the first time and a nation still shaken by the shutdown. The president coming after this brutal government shutdown, really, uh, you couldn't imagine a worse start that the president has had with this new Democratic Congress. This is a very different crowd for the president. For the first time speaking before a divided Congress and a sea of opponents, it means while you're still likely to see plenty of applause, the president should be bracing for a fair amount of stony silence. He'll be facing a chamber that is not fully controlled by Republicans and one that may one day try to impeach him. The word is, is that the president's going to strike some kind of unifying tone. What's your take? What do you think? Uh, sure. Go for <laughs> it. I, I don't know if it's going to be a credible thing to do. That's a great Chuck Todd there, ladies and gentlemen. Go ahead. Snicker if he actually makes a plea for unity. It's a whole new day in Washington, and nowhere will it be that more apparent than when Nancy Pelosi is now the, mm-hmm. the House Speaker. We are in an era of divided government. We can thank, um, I guess, the metaphor gods for that. I mean, she literally, not only does the Democrats hover over his presidency, over, over his future, there she is, standing behind his shoulder the entire time. This constant reminder, frankly, for the viewer, that, hey, there's a new day in Washington. That symbol of divided government. This is going to be the president's first state of the union. You notice how excited they are and giddy they are? Yes, yes. It's divided government. Yes. Yes, it is. Go ahead. A House led by Democrats. There are going to be a lot more Democrats out there in the audience than there were when he gave this speech a year ago. So a lot more people sitting on their hands. They're sitting on their hands. That's going to look pretty funny, don't you think, Mr. Producer? At least they're not sitting on cucumbers or anything. Now, that would be really weird. This is their mentality, folks. This is what I'm talking about. 
Chuck Schumer was on the floor of the Senate today to do the pre-State of the Union analysis. They like post-birth abortion, that is infanticide, and they like pre-State of the Union analysis. This is called propaganda, where Schumer's trying to tell you what to think when the president speaks. Cut to go. But even on these four metrics, the economy, health care, governance, foreign policy, the state of our union is in need of drastic repair. Still, knowing this president and his penchant for hyperbole, he'll probably say the state of our union is stronger than it's ever been before in our nation's long history, thanks to him. Knowing this president, he will rely on distortions and made-up facts. Mm. Unlike you, Chucky. Been doing that your entire life. Go ahead. American people. The only question about the president's State of the Union, how often will he distort? How often will he make up facts? How often will he resort to fear and divisiveness? And if past states of the Union are prologue, far too many times will he do that. Can't even read a speech that some staffer wrote for him. Can't even do that. But he wasn't done. Cut three. Go. Perhaps even more empty than his policy promises Mm. are President Trump's calls for unity each year. It seems every year the president wakes up and discovers the desire for unity on the morning of the State of the Union. Mm. Then the president spends the other 364 days of the year dividing us and sowing a state of disunion. Whether that's using public servants as political pawns... President's false equivalence after Charlottesville, his attacks on the federal judiciary, the free press, and the rule of law. You know, here, his- here are people who want to fundamentally transform all of our institutions, private and public, who attack our productivity, who attack successful people, who attack good people who come up for confirmation for judgeships and other positions. They run on attack, 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 transform, transform, and transform. We're on defense. We're trying to defend these institutions. We're trying to protect our liberty. We're trying to protect what we have. We're called racists and, and a zillion other things. But this, you, you listen to him, you analyze him, he's a propagandist. He's done this his whole life. He's never actually had a job in the private sector. Not one since he graduated from law school. Not one. Go ahead. Daily Twitter provocations. The blatant hypocrisy of this president calling for unity. So they know the president's going to call for unity, so they attack because they cannot have unity. They can claim they want unity, But they cannot have unity. They must have balkanization. They must have tribalization. They must have identity politics. They must have all these things. Because as Marx and Engels and Solinsky and all the rest of them knew, you got to be at each other's throats. You got to destroy the status quo. And that's what Schumer's doing. Go ahead. Is that he is one of the chief reasons Americans feel so divided. Does Chuck Schumer speak for you? He never consulted with me. Schumer's been in there attacking every Republican president since he's been in Congress. And he's been in Congress since he got elected to the House of Representatives in 1981. 1981. 
1981. Pelosi's been in there since 1987. Then there's Maxine Waters. She's for unity, too. Cut four, go. I don't even know why he wants to come and give the State of the Union. Uh, The State of the Union under him has not been good. By the way, what's with the music? I don't know. Is she in a place where they're playing music? Are you there, Mr. Producer? All right, go ahead. Well, say something. Go ahead. It's been divisive. And I think he's putting us all in harm's way. And so he's not worthy of being listened to. I don't know why anybody want to pay attention so to So the president, they're telling you that the president of the United States, he's going to talk about unity. Don't believe him. Don't even listen to him. What the hell? Then there's Joe Scarborough on the morning schmo. Now, the reason he gets attention is because he's such a clown. Now, he doesn't realize this, but he's got the nose of a clown, too, doesn't he? No offense. None taken, I hope. And he's getting ready for if the president declares a national emergency. Joe Scarborough has never talked about this with any other president in his entire life. Joe Scarborough was a member of Congress. He never introduced a bill to get rid of the National Emergencies Act. Never talked about it to the extent, to any significant extent. But all of a sudden, he's concerned about it. Cut five, go. Of all the examples of Donald Trump's own words being used against him by federal judges, no worse example right. for, for, for Donald Trump. First of all, that the- in and of itself demonstrates what a clown you are and how bad these judges are. Federal judges aren't supposed to use what a president says during the course of a campaign. I can't think of another candidate becoming president where federal judges cite what they said as candidates. So that's damnable and damning of the judge, not the president. Go ahead. You know what? I'm going to negotiate. And if I don't get exactly what I want, then I'll declare a national Exactly. That's not what he's done, you fool. Why do you lie with such ease? Well, I know why. This is who you are, in your personal and your public life. You lie to people. He didn't say, if I don't get exactly what I want, I'll declare a national murder. He's given the Democrats almost everything they want, except amnesty. And that's where they want to break him. Because they know that's where you'll break from him. That's where they want to break him. Go ahead. Federal judge anywhere appointed by any president that would uphold that national emergency. But worse than that, Michael. Wow. This idiot now speaks for every single federal judge. Why wouldn't they uphold it? Genius. Why wouldn't they uphold it? Go ahead. Some Republicans just like me. Worse than oh, that. he's a Republican now, you see. Oh, Republican, you've heard Republicans just like me. Really? You're not a Republican, you're a Republican. Go ahead. It gives future Democratic administrations the ability to say... Isn't this boring? Isn't he... Forget him. Isn't he boring? Every one of these arguments we've anticipated for a month. Democratic presidents can use this anyway. It's the law. It depends how they use it. How they apply it. When they use it. Where they use it. It's fact-specific. Democrat presidents have used it since 1976. Obama used it. Clinton used it. The people who watch this program are dumber for doing it, and they don't even know it because they're dumb to begin with. Now there's Mika. 
Now, Scarborough is the smarter of the two, I'm afraid. Now, let's go listen to Mika. Cut six. Go. When President Trump takes to the podium in on the Capitol Hill tonight, he will, as Joe writes in his new Washington Post column, be delivering... Wait a minute. The- Joe, Joe has a Washington Post column, Mr. Producer? When did that happen? Well, I think I know when it happened. It's when he went for the, for the green. And I don't mean the green new deal either. I mean the green old deal. Joe's now one of those Republicans they like, like Jennifer Rubin. Another loser. And there's others, I can't remember all of them. They get the never-Trumpers and the losers, and they put them up. See, we have Republicans. See? See, we have Republicans. That's why they hire, over at CNN, people from the Weekly Standard. See, let's, we got Republicans. Or CBS hires caseless. See, we're not, see, we're bipartisan, we're bipolitical, we're bipolar. We're, we're all bi's here. Go ahead the union against a grim political backdrop that backdrop includes low expectations and even lower approval ratings a republican what is, party what is she smoking what is she the the spokesmouth for the dnc why doesn't she give the uh, the response to the president's speech well she doesn't identify properly but you understand what i mean so scobar scarborough comes back Cut seven, go. Just because one of my favorite, one of my favorite activities is going out and talking to people who ask me when I stopped becoming a conservative. Now, isn't that interesting? He, one of his favorite activities is to go out and talk to people and ask, when he's asked, when did he stop being a conservative? Those of you who bump into Joe, is he talkative? Is he nice? Does he speak to you? But when did he stop becoming a conservative? See, I'm predicting. He never stopped. You stopped. You understand? He never stopped. You stopped. Joe's Mr. Conservative. That's why he's over there at MSNBC. And he found Ms. Conservative, Mika. Go ahead. Because that allows me to basically repeat my 1994 What's that in the background agenda? There? And I'll say, free trade. Where are you in free trade? Because I'm still for it. Balanced budgets. Where are you in balanced budgets? Because I'm still for it. You know, low federal debt. Where are you for it? Because I'm still for it. So I assume you're trashing McConnell then. I'm assuming you trashed Obama. I'm assuming you trashed Pelosi. But you don't. You don't attack Trump for these things. You're not out there day in and day out bringing guests on your program who are conservatives, promoting free trade and a balanced budget, and so forth. And so that's not what you do. You're a snake oil salesman. You're kind of the Schumer of MSNBC. Go ahead. Because I'm still for it. NATO, we're, Russia. And, right. and you just go down the list. NATO, Russia? What, what you're for Russia? Or against, what, what are you? Go ahead. 20 things I ran on in 1994. You know another one? An out-of-control executive branch right wow he ran on an out of control executive branch and you see this president is out of control how no joe you're out of control we'll be right back After the bottom of the hour, I'm going to put a link up on my social sites. 
where uh, our digital TV folks will be doing a wonderful, wonderful program covering the, uh, the State of the Union before, during, and after. Not the kind of coverage you're used to, ladies and gentlemen, that are just going to drive you crazy. So you have a choice. Let me amend what I said earlier in the first hour. You can watch the coverage on TV, which will upset you. You already hear it right now. Or you listen to people who have some integrity, whose personal opinions are more in line with yours, and who do not pretend to be news people. Because news people would report the facts and then be done. That's not what they're going to do. They're going to have analyses. They're going to have interpretations. They're going to have all the rest of it. And you already heard it. You already heard it. But Stacey Abrams, I'm just telling you in advance, she is unbelievable. She is great. She gave the greatest speech of speech. Well, she hasn't spoken yet. Doesn't matter. Be the greatest speech of speeches. I'll be right back. If you have a moment, I want you all to go to BrickHouseLevin.com. Just go there and click on the Buy Now button so you can read the reviews. Over 1,200 five-star reviews, I might add. But this one caught my attention from Steve in Denver. I'm upset with Mark because he's got me hooked on Field of Greens. What a great product. Thank you, BrickHouse, for your amazing product and great customer service. I'm a monthly subscriber, and I won't live without it. And you're welcome, Steve. And subscribing is smart. You save money that way. Field of Greens is made with real USDA organic fruits and vegetables and helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. Plus, they offer a 100% satisfaction guarantee or your money back. Go to BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN. Get 15% off your first order with promo code LEVIN. That's BrickHouseLevin.com or call 833-RING-BHN, promo code LEVIN. The Mark Levin Show is... Tomorrow's morning show. You can reach Mark now at 877-381-3811. It's all so predictable. No sooner did I say they're going to promote this Stacey Abrams speech, that she's going to give the greatest speech. That's the speech they're looking forward to. Donna Brazil is on Fox saying exactly that. And let me go even further. Let me tell you what's going to happen after all the speeches are done. You're going to hear... The Morning Schmo and Mrs. Schmo, that whole network of miscreants and malcontents. You're going to see the conga line at freaks on CNN. You're going to see all those sorts and that ilk tell you that Stacey Abrams overshadowed Donald Trump. She overshadowed Donald Trump. He came across as dishonest, as a man who's not to be believed given his past behavior, his tweets, his views, his, his positions. But Stacey Abrams, wow, another superstar is found. You know, the Democrat Party's just filled with superstars and diversity, superstars and diversity as compared to the Republican Party. Yes. And Stacey Abrams, she outperformed Trump. She overshadowed Trump. That's the future, ladies and gentlemen. She's the future. 
Donald Trump, on the other hand, you watch. I'm no expert on this stuff, but you watch. No one should feel unsafe at home, period. Fear has no place in a place like home. That's a fact. And that's been Simply Safe's mission from day one. You may have seen their commercial about it during the big game this year. That was Sunday. You can find it online. Simply Safe system was designed to blanket your whole home with protection, not just your front door. Their around the clock professional monitoring makes sure police are on the way when you need them. And the system is completely wireless, really cutting edge technology. The fun part is you can install it yourself in under an hour. You can make the decisions what you want to protect. And Simply Safe security sensors are tiny. They blend in with your home, so you won't notice them. And neither will the people trying to mess with you. The Verge calls Simply Safe the best home security, and it's a wire cutter top pick. Because as more than 3 million Simply Safe customers already know, including me, it feels good to fear less. Join them today. Join us today. Protect your home with Simply Safe. It was made for you. You'll get free shipping on any system order. Just visit simplysafemark.com to get started. That's simplysafemark.com to protect your home and family right now and to get free shipping on your order. Simplysafemark.com. Let's go to Amy, Colorado Springs, Colorado, the great KVOR. Go. Hi, Mark. Such an honor to speak to you. Thank um, you. I just have to agree with you that all these senators and you know, congressmen that are going to be jumping up to shake the president's hand tonight when he walks in or clapping like seals, they're all going to stab him in the back. I'm sick of watching these guys. In fact, our senator, Cory Gardner, is one of those folks that voted to open the government without any wall funding. Yes. He's awful. He's, yes. And so it, it is. It's and by the way, is that smile on his face real or was it kind of chiseled there? <laughs> I have no idea. He always has a smile on his face. Mm-hmm. Anyway, go ahead. And yeah, my poor state. I don't. And we just our Senate also just voted through um, a bill I read to give our electoral votes to whoever wins. the. Party. Yeah, I know. It's it's part. You know, it's too bad. It wasn't that long ago when Colorado was a conservative state. Had a conservative governor, conservative legislature, sent two conservatives to the United States Senate. One of my favorites, by the way, Armstrong. And uh, it's a disaster. That state was targeted by, among others, Soros uh, to turn into a blue state, and they succeeded. Mm-hmm. They, they sure did, Mark. And, you know, I'm going to be. By the way, by the way, let me ask you a question. Stacey Abrams, she gave a hell of a speech. Let me put it this way. She will give a hell of a speech, won't she, Amy? Yeah, I suppose she will. Oh, it's going to be the greatest thing you've ever heard, Amy. It's going to be better than Trump. I overshadowed Trump. Trump comes off petulant. He's not believable. Stacy, on the oh my God, we've never heard anything like Stacy Abrams. <laughs> she just doesn't give up, does she? She she's unbelievable, and she hasn't even spoken yet. All right, Amy, thank you for your call. Always a good call. We have a lot of ladies listening out here, like Kathy. Scranton, Pennsylvania, the great WTRW. Go. You ought to put it in a montage. Of Do what? what? The media Hold on, start over. I, you were, I only caught you mid-sentence. Go ahead. A, a montage of what the media said in 2015 about Kermit Gosnell. 
mm-hmm. what Obama said about Kermit guys now. Kermit was talked very much about because it happened in Philadelphia when the girl died mm-hmm. in 2015. Two, two women died. Well, they talked about the one, you know, and then the other. Mm-hmm. And what the girl in 60 Minutes of Planned Parenthood said mm-hmm. while eating lunch about selling baby parts so she could get a new Lamborghini. And then at last... And, and, and by the way, they get like uh, hundreds of millions of dollars of our tax dollars. you believe that? I couldn't believe it, but it was true. And then at last, put in that Virginia governor of blackface and what he said in today's abortion bill, keep the baby comfortable, ask the mother and doc if to terminate or resuscitate. Then, in the last message, as Miss Trans talking to the Senate about up to 40 weeks while delivering after delivery, Infanticide or abortion? What is the distinction without a difference? All right. I got it. Thank you for your call. Let's continue. Most of you are disgusted with all this, and I don't blame you. Mark, Omaha, Nebraska, the great K-O-I-L. Go. Mark, I'm so proud to talk to you. I am a businessman in Nebraska and a volunteer district captains for convention estates and this past friday i presented my testimony uh, at the legislature with a copy of your book uh, liberty amendments in hand i really feel this is the only viable way to save our republic um i happen to agree with you I, 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 i agree with you we need to fight these other battles but this is really the the last best chance and by the way when you carried my book you weren't escorted out of the room I wasn't escorted out of the room, but I'll tell you, Mark, we are within just a couple of votes of passing this thing in Nebraska. So tell us the status for the people in Nebraska who are listening. What What's going on? What do they need to do? They need to call their state senators and support LR7, which is Convention of States in Nebraska, and tell their senators, to, especially those that are on the, on the fence, that uh, this is critical for our state and critical for our republic to move this forward. And you have a you have a single uh, camera. It's not bicameral there. Uh, your your legislature. It's just one body. Yep, yeah, it's a unicameral. Unicameral. Yeah, yeah. I I, I it's tell like you, a uni bro. I've lost. Yeah, I've lost faith in in so many things, but I, I do believe that this is the one way that we can save our republic and. I am um, proud to, to support convention of states. And Tell I'm, me, is uh, Ben Sass in support of this? You know, I don't know if Ben Sass is in support of it or not. Um, not that it matters, but, you know, I thought he's Mr. Constitution. Yeah. Well, I know where you're coming from there, but I, uh, I'm just focused on this, and I'm hoping that we can get Nebraskans behind this to support this. Um, it really is the only way to save our republic. Yeah, no, we have 12 states. We've got a few to go, but I could not agree more. Absolutely could not agree more. Thank you for your call. Could not agree more. I'm sure Joe Scarborough's in support of it. Aren't you, Mr. Producer? Yeah. Anybody, next time you see Joe Scarborough, ask him. You're a conservative, right? Do you support Convention of States? No, no, let me tell you why that's not conservative. Smile and walk away. Smile and walk away. We don't need lessons on... You know, when I ran in 1994... Yeah, well, you're not the same man. Is it Jetta or Jita in Los Angeles, California, the Mark Levin app? Yeah. 
Um, thank you, sir, for taking my call. I never have called any show, and I always listen to you. Okay, now, my one comment is, I mean, I'm just surprised to hear this vaccine water and the attitude that Pelosi has. If these kinds of people are governing this great country, uh, what can we expect from uh, the future of the country, from these imbecile people? And if somebody heard Maxine Water a minute ago on the radio, I mean, what kind of uh, uh, um, example is she for the younger people or the people who are not in the government? And the other thing I want to say is that all these people, they are living off of uh, taxpayers' money, and they always eat from other people's plates, and then they are giving this uh, holier-than-thou um, kind of lessons to other people, saying, you know, we have to do this, we have to do you, this. You mean the politicians are, are subsidized by the taxpayer, and then they tell us, the taxpayer, what we have to do? Is that what you're saying? Uh, yes, sir. You know, thank you for correcting me. So I, I never was interested in too much uh, politics, although I have studied politics. In the, I come from a background of... Uh, Where are you from? I am from originally from India, mm-hmm. but I studied in England and in Canada. And um, I, my parents, you know, they they are in business, and my every relative is in business, and I know how the business are, are running. And uh, uh, so, any, anyway, I just wanted to say, I mean, my God, I mean, I never hear all these other people on television. I never watch them unless you know there's a. Fox people are showing them. I mean, it gives me a headache. All other. <laughs> so all right. I, I, thank, thank you, sir. I appreciate it. Thank you. It gives me a headache, too, but I have to do it. Let us slip in another one. Charles, Atlanta, Georgia, XM Satellite, home of the great Stacey Abrams, who's about to give the greatest speech ever given. Churchillian, I believe it's going to be, Charles. Oh, my gosh, it is going to be the greatest speech ever because, you know, what? she doesn't even know he's going to say and she's already ready for it. But let me tell you this, Mr. Levin, they're already running. Where's David at? They're getting ready for this woman to run against David Perdue for Senate. You mark my words. We've already started seeing ads on local television about from some PAC organization attacking David Perdue on where he stands on the issues. And I guarantee she will be on the ballot against mm-hmm. him next time he's up for re-election. Is Georgia turning liberal? Atlanta has been. Decatur has been. Uh, Gwinnett County, as the as the um, urban sprawl happens, which happens everywhere, you're getting a larger and larger population of people moving in from other states coming to Georgia, bringing their failed ideology. This is happening, just so you know, throughout the South. You've got people moving into the south, the southeast. You've got them moving into places like Florida also. And they're Democrats, a lot of them. And they continue their voting habits. They escape massive taxes in New York and New Jersey and Illinois and so forth. Then they come into the state and they vote liberal Democrat. Right. And then that, what we that in addition to the importation of Democrats from other countries. Exactly correct. Do you, do, you, do you think, and I've said this for years, so much so that it's been echoed throughout this business, do you think if the people coming over the border were voting 75% Republican, do you think the Democrats would oppose a wall? Absolutely not. I think they'd build the damn Berlin Wall down there. What do you think? Absolutely. If they were, if they were conservative coming over and going to vote for policies that are going to enrich them and and create wealth rather than 
uh, having this ideology that wealth is finite and it's got to be spread out. Well, let me ask you a question, and this will be considered controversial. It's not controversial to me at all. A nation gets to pick the people who come into the country. At least that used to be the case. That's what Ellis Island was all about and the other so-called ports of entry were all about. Okay, we get people coming in south of the border. No problem. Why don't we bring more people in then who we think will vote Republican? Is that so terrible? Oh, you can't do that. You can't. Why not? (laughs) Of course you can't do that because we have a Republican representation in Congress that sits on their their mouth. They don't do anything. No, I agree. It's terrible. Thank you for your call, my friend. I'm serious. I mentioned this a couple of years ago. Okay. You can't beat them, join them. But why is it that the vast majority of immigration comes from south of the border, Central America, Southeast Asia? Fine. Fine. But what about immigration from other parts of the world? Will the Democrats support that? Will the media pounce on that? Will they call you a racist? What will they do? I'll be right back. Mark All right, I'm going to put the link up for you to watch the State of the Union and the pre-discussion and post-discussion of the speech. And I want you to watch it on this link. I've changed my mind. Forget about watching the regular cable. and all the re- Watch it on this link. Stop getting frustrated with all the liberals, with all the, the smash-mouthers and trash-mouthers. Watch it with people who share the same values, same patriotism, same Americanism that you and your family do. You can watch it on your computer, you can watch it on your laptop, you can watch it on your iPhone, your Android, you can watch it on virtually any device that you have. You know, computers now are are as ubiquitous as televisions, even more so. You've got one in your house, you've got a laptop or whatever. You don't need to watch these channels anymore. You don't need to hear this crap anymore. Actually enjoy it. Enjoy it. I've already told you what they're going to do, and they're going to do exactly what I said, and you know I'm right. So watch it with my friends. You'll go to the, the Blaze TV site where we have all kinds of conservatives. My man Eric Bowling is there and others. You can watch it. I'm going to put the link on my social sites, so you just link right to it. It's up there live right now. They're live streaming. This is the new way to do things anyway. So I want to encourage you. To enjoy this evening. Stacey Abrams, ladies and gentlemen, Stacey Abrams overshadowed Donald Trump's speech. Well, she hasn't spoken yet. But I know that's 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 the mantra. That's where they're going. That's the narrative. She was great. He sucked. It's okay for him, but she Wow. She overshadowed him, outperformed him. You watch. They're already saying it. Donna Brazil said it on Fox just now. That's the speech I can't wait for. I'm waiting for that speech. Who gives a damn? All right. So uh, what do you do to look good on Valentine's Day? With Sherry's Berries, you never go wrong with their signature dip Valentine strawberries. And boy, they're good. And she'll fall in love with every bite. Topped with decadent toppings, chocolate chips, heart and glitter sprinkles. The perfect companion to a candlelight dinner, a bouquet of flowers, or a night on the town. Valentine's made easy. Arrives fresh with a 100% Sherry's Berries guarantee. 
Valentine's Day is right around the corner. Send her the Valentine's gift of her dreams at the price of your dreams, starting at just $19.99 plus shipping and handling. Plus order now and make this Valentine's really special by adding a dozen red roses for just $19.99 more. Ship with your Sherry's Berries at no extra charge. You've got to act quickly. Go to berries.com, click on the microphone, and enter my code LEVIN at checkout. This is important. L-E-V-I-N at checkout. That's B-E-R-R-I-E-S dot com. Click the microphone and enter code LEVIN. But you need to order now. I think you'll enjoy it very much. I'm also hopeful that the president doesn't go down too much this liberal populist line with prescription drugs, infrastructure spending, but I guarantee you that's all in there because that's, that's what unifies the Republicans with the Democrats. When they take their ideas and then put an R on it and then say there are ideas and then we have unity and bipartisanship and so forth. Not, never on our issues, only on their issues. I'll be right back. With a daily fake news dump pouring through your TV, mobile phones and computers, you may have missed some real news like the recent study in the journal Cell Metabolism. Scientists suspected a correlation between growing rates of obesity and processed foods, but what this study discovered was that these foods also appear to lead people to overeat. Here's the bottom line. You need fresh fruits and vegetables in your diet, which is why I recommend that you start taking Field of Greens by Brickhouse Nutrition. Just one scoop of Field of Greens has a full serving of real USDA-certified organic fruits and vegetables. It helps boost your immunity using antioxidants, prebiotics, and probiotics. This is real food, not some fake supplement lab powder. Just read the Nutrition Facts panel on the side. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, that's BrickhouseLevin.com, and you'll get 15% off your first order with the offer code LEVIN. You know you're not going to start cooking fresh fruits and vegetables, so let's not pretend. Just get one full cup of fruits and one full cup of vegetables every day with Field of Greens. Go to BrickhouseLevin.com, BrickhouseLevin.com, offer code LEVIN. He's here. He's here. Now broadcasting from the underground command post, deep in the bowels of a hidden bunker, somewhere under the brick and steel of a nondescript building, we've once again made contact with our leader, Mark Levin. Hello everybody, Mark Levin here, our number 877-381-3811, the countdown clock is now officially moments away to the State of the Union speech. The clock itself has stopped on TV. We're almost at zero hour. You know, it's not that I'm so sharp. It's that they're so predictable. Well, it's actually both. It's actually both. At the top of our network news, a work required to listen to. It's very painful, I might add. Uh, Schumer just called Trump the warm-up act for Stacey Abrams. So... You can tell. I mean, they, they, they always show ankle about seven, eight hours before these things. And they did show ankle. So Stacey Abrams, you see, ladies and gentlemen, that's what you really need to pay attention to. Trump is the warm-up act. 
Can you ever remember a president being treated with such contempt and disrespect? I mean, I really did not like Obama. But at every turn, Chuck Schumer is the minority leader in the Senate. Nancy Pelosi is the Speaker of the House. Look at how they talk. And then they wonder why we can't work out a deal. Why the tone is so bad. Is there anything they won't say about Trump? So Trump is the warm-up act for Stacey Abrams. I already told you. She doesn't even have to give the speech. The, you don't have to listen to one syllable. And she's great! Because they insist that she's great. So the propaganda machine that we call the free press, which is the propaganda mouthpiece for the Democrats, and vice versa, is already at work. Downplaying the Trump speech, playing up, the Stacey Abrams speech. Just like they play up AOC. AOC, you know. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. Incredible, but that's where we are. Now, while we're waiting for the State of the Union speech, the nation is sitting on the edge of its chair, collectively, really not even to hear the speech, but to watch the freaks in the audience do whatever it is that they're going to do. That would be members of Congress, by the way. And speaking of freaks, the, uh, the governor of New York, Andrew Cuomo, sort of the, uh, the Gosnell, the Emmett Gosnell of, uh, Kermit Gosnell of, uh, of New York. He's very upset because uh, you folks in New York, your, your state budget is uh, going to drop by $2.3 billion, or that is revenues have dropped by $2.3 billion. And he blames it on the Trump tax cuts. And in part, that's true. But in a bigger part, it's not. They're chasing wealthy people out of that state. They've made it known. You're not welcome here. They've made it known in New York City. You're not welcome here. They're making it known in New Jersey. You're not welcome here. They're making it known in California. You're not welcome here. So unless you're super duper rich and you can handle it, other people are rich, but not super-duper rich who can't handle it, so they're leaving. You know where a lot of them are going? Florida. Surprise. And in particular, the Miami metropolitan area. So now they're going to have big property taxpayers, and they'll pay no state income tax, as opposed to the confiscatory rate in New York. And they won't be hassled for it either. That's why I watch this. Atlantic City Orca, this big slop Christie going around. He left that state in a shambles. Left the state in a shambles. The only state that taxes you more than New York is New Jersey. Now they got a $15 minimum wage. Can you see all the small restaurants, the bagel places, the pizza places, you name it? They're not going to be able to handle that. They're not going to be able to handle it. They don't care. They don't care that, you know, every, every area that's tried it, it's been a disaster. Now they have a rain tax. Even Maryland got rid of a rain tax. So if you have a, a long driveway or if you have a cement backyard or whatever, the runoff, you're going to be taxed for the runoff. And just think, that's the Democrats that control the, uh, the state there, and they want to expand and make more generous the benefits for family leave. Now, of course, there's more people in New Jersey, who will benefit from family leave, then pay for it. So once again, 
you're going to chase producers out of that state. As a kid, I remember New Jersey's taxes were very, very low. They were lower than Pennsylvania's, which were quite low. Now they're through the roof. New Jersey, 49th or 50th on everything it should be first or second in. And it's first and second in everything it ought to be 49th or 50th in. A lot of people used to live in New Jersey to escape New York. Now they move to New York to escape New Jersey. It's unbelievable. Actually, they move into Pennsylvania and Florida to get out. Como attributed the revenue drop in December and January largely to the new federal tax code, as well as volatility in the stock market and so forth. Well, as Rich Moran writes in the uh, Moran Moran writes at the American Thinker, it isn't just the loss of write-offs, although that may have contributed to another problem that Cuomo mentioned in passing. No, people are leaving. Businesses are leaving, wealthy people are leaving, and Cuomo got what he asked for. It's very simple. You brutalize people, they leave. The rich can't pay taxes, he writes, if they're not there. Cuomo's state government is giving them every possible incentive to get out. Now imagine America, after Elizabeth Warren and Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, get their wish and pass wealth taxes. The top 1% of taxpayers pay 40% of all individual income taxes. 45% of the population, of tax-paying age population, pay nothing. The confident predictions of revenue from the wealth tax will almost certainly fall far short of expectations. Now, how do we know? Because it's always been that way. Socialists, a.k.a. Marxists, like Ocasio-Cortez and Warren, are simply incapable of grasping this simple, basic economic concept. But it certainly plays well with the public, and they love the idea of sticking it to the rich, even though it's the public who will be stuck. The state of New York may be falling behind some states when it comes to quality of life issues, but there's one category where New York excels, taxing the hell out of its citizens. New York leads the nation in taxes. I think New Jersey's number two, followed closely by California and down the list. A dubious distinction not lost on wealthy residents of the state, so it's puzzling why the governor would be surprised when expected revenues fall a little short, about $2.3 billion short. It's not puzzling. You ever hear this guy talk? You ever hear this guy talk? He's dumb as a doorknob. If his name had been Andrew Smith or Andrew Johnson or Andrew Abdullah, he'd be getting nowhere. It's Andrew Cuomo. Cuomo. Pretty good figure. $2.3 billion budget shortfall. New York. What are you going to do? Raise taxes to make it up? Then it'll be a $4 billion budget shortfall over time. What are you going to do about it? There was a big vote, you know, in the Senate the other day. Yesterday, to be exact. Patty Murray is a Democrat senator from Washington State. She blocked the the unanimous passage of the Born Alive Abortion Survivors Protection Act yesterday. A bill that would have required doctors to provide medical care to babies born alive during failed abortions. She blocked it. A woman blocked it. This was a unanimous consent vote, a mechanism under which the bill passes the U.S. Senate if no senator objects and individual senators' positions are not recorded. Mary objected to the motion, claiming there are always laws against infanticide. 
quote, this is a gross misinterpretation of the actual language of the bill that is being asked to be considered, and therefore I object. And after Mary objected to the bill, Senator Joni Ernst of Iowa lamented on the Senate floor that this body can no longer unanimously condemn murder. There's nothing great, there's nothing moral or even human about the discussion that we have before us today, said Ernst. Over the past week, we have witnessed the absolutely ugly truth about the far-reaching grasp of the abortion industry and its increasingly radicalized political agenda. Politicians have not only defended aborting a child while a woman is in labor, but have gone so far as to support the termination of a child after his or her birth. A child, a baby, rationality, decency, and basic human compassion have fallen by the wayside. Washington State, Patty Murray. Oh, she comes across as just the regular lady. I remember when she first ran walking your state with sneakers. Remember all that? Just a regular gal. No, she's an irregular gal. She's a disgrace. Anybody who supports this is a monster, as far as I'm concerned. A monster. If we don't speak out against this, what the hell are we going to speak out against? I'll be right back. Mark Lovin. forget Stacey Abrams's speech is going to be fantastic it's going to overshadow Trump's Trump is the warm-up act for Stacey Abrams this is Schumer so the media will repeat this they'll regurgitate it they'll they'll vomit it on their sneakers they'll go on and on and on and ladies and gentlemen we're 39 minutes away from the speech I know this because that's what the clock says on TV 39 minutes. Let us go to Dean, Quincy, Illinois, the great WTAD. Go. Yes, hi. Hello. Uh, I, I'm a Reagan fan. Yeah, me too. And and you know what? I've been waiting mm-hmm. and waiting for... Well, stop waiting. Somebody, yeah, somebody like Reagan to... To do this. To do what? To do what Trump's doing, you're trying to say? Yes. Trump the, yeah. is the second Reagan. You know, I think he, Trump he, is the first Trump, but there are Reagan aspects to him. But Trump is his own man. and in, in terms of the courage of his convictions, I would certainly agree with you there. And I think the... They come at a lot of issues from the same principles. Now, I don't always think it was that way. I don't think Trump was always a principled conservative, but in many respects, he certainly is today. Tell me, you look at the leadership in the House of the Senate. Is there somebody more conservative than he is? There's a few. No, the leadership, there's none. It's very few. Now, he's going to announce tonight, I hear, about $1.5 trillion more in spending. But don't worry, they're going to say it's partly private. I, I really object to this. And we're going to hear about how we're going to control uh, drugs and drug prices. I really object to this. I really, I really object to it. I know what's going to happen. The government's going to get its nose, its uh, snout in the door. And they're off to the races like they always are. They don't just stop. And then you give a platform, you create a precedent for the left that'll go in there and start uh, 
really screwing around. I think it's a terrible, terrible idea. But uh, we'll see how that goes. But that's where the unity is going to be promoted, that kind of thing. All right, Dean, thank you for your call. You think Dean was at happy hour there, Mr. Producer? I don't know, but, and I'm not saying he was. Debbie, Myrtle Beach, South Carolina, the great WRNN, go. Hey, Mark. I'm calling to say that it doesn't matter if Ken Stacey Abrams speak tonight and Oy. throw in Ken Pelosi's Oy. that we're not falling for the rhetoric. Mm-hmm. We see through the hypocrisy, and we're not kowtowing to the identity politics anymore. It's more than politics. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're from South Carolina. You sound like you're from Brooklyn. I'm from Long Island, actually, originally. I was close. <laughs> All right. But, um, you know, I've been researching this and paying attention in our country and our way of life and our Constitution is at stake. And, you know, Stacey Abrams, you know, along with the rest of them. No, you don't understand. A star is going to be born tonight. Stacey Abrams, ladies and gentlemen. No, No way. No way, Mark. We're not falling for it. We're good. All right. You take care. But that's the propaganda that you're going to hear tonight. It's already started. Very predictable, which is why I predicted it. Donna Brazil, Schumer, the word went out. Talk about Stacey Abrams' night and that Donald Trump blew it. Gary, Jacksonville, Florida, the great WSKY. Go. Hey, Mark, how you doing? I just want to call and tell you that I'm living proof. I got out of New York two months ago. A job transfer came up down here in Florida, and I left. I I did uh, seven years in the Marine Corps and wow, moved, back to Lo- Lo- moved back to Long Island, lived there for two years, and uh, just couldn't, I just got fed up with Cuomo. I just, couldn't, I, 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 I just couldn't deal with it. I'm a veteran. I see veterans sleeping on the street in New York, and they're giving illegal immigrants scholarships and financial aid over our veterans. It's, you know, I, don't, I, w- I wonder why we don't talk about that more. That is a great point. Mark, can I ask you one question? Why does the left, why does the left say that they want to help unions? And then at the same time, they want to help illegal immigrants. It's, it's I've, I've talked about that. I've wondered that. What, how, do you, what, how do union leaders uh, deal with this? They're, they're so far left and so in with the Democrat Party. You've got uh, illegal aliens coming in here, taking jobs, including union jobs and non-union jobs, dragging down the price of wages. In other words, distorting the market, the real market. And you got these uh, these big these big guys uh, in uh, in the labor unions perfectly fine. Where the hell's the uh, labor membership? That's the point. That's my point. If the, if all, in New York, there was nothing but unions, and it's like how can how can they vote for how can they vote for the left in New York, and then at the same time have guys like Cuomo? But you know, there's unions and there's unions. When you look at the police and the firefighters and emergency personnel, to me, that's just different. You've got a lot of these. Uh, you've got this Trumpka, who's a complete sh- Schmendrick. You've got uh, oh, who do you, you got this Hoffa, who's uh, who's in with the Democrats, and he needed Republicans to help him uh, win the union, win the Teamsters. He would go to Republicans because Clinton he didn't care for, and then he turns on Republicans. So, Mark, I'm living proof. People are leaving New York. They oh, I know they are. Uh, yeah, they're in droves, Mark. I'm telling you. And let me tell you, you got a great governor down there. DeSantis is a terrific governor. I got my concealed carry. I'm, I'm, I'm happy. I'm, and that's I'm the other thing. Yeah, you have, you have liberty down there, don't you? Look at that state. No state income tax. No inheritance tax. Concealed carry laws are really great down there. 
I mean, it, I'm serious. Then you look at New York. It's the opposite. So people leave. Exactly. Mark, thank you for what you do. Appreciate it. You too, brother. Time. Take care. Do I have time for another call? One minute, Cynthia, Los Angeles, California, 870 The Answer, KRLA, where they know how to run a damn radio station. Live and national. Go. That's all they know how to run because Los Angeles sucks. Yeah, well, the city doesn't run the station, you know. Well, I know. Everybody who works for the station actually uh, is a legal immigrant or a citizen. Oh, there is a God. Um, What I wanted to talk about was... uh, Nancy Pelosi, uh, I I used to be a Democrat, and it was people like you, Rush Limbaugh, and maybe even Hannity, that changed me um, in the last five years. Yeah. And, uh, All right, you hear that music? Hold on. I don't want to cut you off and be rude, so hold on, Cynthia, and then we'll finish. I'll be right back. most powerful conservative voice the mark levin show dial in now 877-381-3811 i love this elevator music all right by now most of us have started racking our brains about what valentine's gift is truly going to make her day special with 1-800-flowers.com It's really not that complicated. Roses from 1-800-Flowers are a no-brainer. And right now, when you order early, early, you can get the 18-stem enchanted rose medley for $29.99 or double it to the 36-stem enchanted roses for just $20 more. It's an unbelievable offer from 1-800-Flowers. The 18-stem enchanted rose medley for $29.99 or double the roses for $20 more. Roses from 1-800-Flowers are picked at their peak and shipped overnight to ensure freshness and her amazement. The 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99 or double 36 roses for $20 more. That's an amazing offer. But guess what? It expires tomorrow. Hello. Bouquet prices will be going up soon, so take advantage now, right now. And you can pick your delivery dates, uh, still pick your delivery date, and let 1-800-Flowers handle the rest. When it comes to Valentine's, I don't settle for anything less than my Rose Authority, 1-800-Flowers.com. Now, here's what you do. Ready? It's time to pull the trigger. To order the 18-stem Enchanted Rose Medley for $29.99, or double the roses for $20 more, go to 1-800-Flowers.com. That's their website. 1-800-Flowers.com. Click the radio icon and enter code LEVIN, L-E-V-I-N. Order today and you'll save at 1-800-Flowers.com, code LEVIN. Let's go to Scott Ridgefield, Connecticut, the great WABC. Go. Hey, how you doing, Mark? Thanks for all you do. You got it. Just wanted to, wanted to make sure you didn't leave out the great state of Connecticut and our fine The nutmeg state. Yeah, so... I don't know what's going on. I just met with a realtor. Um, they're considering putting a buyer's conveyance tax on real estate in the state, number one. Number two, not sure if I can confirm this or not, we're talking about making in the legislature uh, the whole state a sanctuary state 
Meanwhile, we've got a hole in the budget a mile wide. And to your point about uh, New Jersey, we're first and second on every bad list in 49th and 50th, where we should be first and second. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what they're doing about it, but... Do you remember when your state had no income tax before Weicker became governor? I, I actually do. Uh, mm-hmm. You had no income tax. You had enormous amount of wealth flowing into Connecticut. People f- who worked in New York City and worked in parts of New Jersey would live in Connecticut and and uh, and drive or or uh, however they would travel into the others and the other states and cities. But uh, not now. It's too expensive in Connecticut. The realtor told me he came from a meeting the other day. I'm going to mention a town. I'm not trying to pick on anybody, but the town of New Canaan, uh, where our friend Brian Williams is from. Uh, they're considering putting, the real estate commission's considering putting a ban on for sale signs in, in the yards of houses. There's so many houses for sale, it's scaring people away. They go into town, it's mm-hmm. like something out of The Walking Dead. Of there's course. real estate signs. This is one town over from Ridgefield where I live. Ridgefield, of course, went down the tubes when GE left uh, when they got in a pissing match with a former governor, uh, Malloy, mm-hmm. uh, over, over. And where did GE go? Now they went to Massachusetts. Is where wow. How do you like that? All right, yeah. my friend. Thank you for your call. Oh, they're all wearing white. What's that? What are they protesting, Mr. Producer? They're all wearing white. I mean, isn't that racist? Oh, is it women's rights to wear white? Wow, isn't that something? Aren't they something? These members of Congress protesting for women's rights. It's unbelievable. America sucks so badly. We're becoming a clown show. We're becoming a circus with these fools who we elect. Oh, we don't elect them. These fools that our fool neighbors elect. They're all dressed in white, and they're doing it for the media because they want CNN and MSNBC and NBC, ABC, CBS, and all the rest of them to take note and to comment on it. Oh, look at that. To honor women's suffrage, are women not voting? Honestly, I don't get, are women not allowed to vote in this country? Haven't they been voting for 100 years? Or more in certain states. Well, women's suffrage, there you go. I just thought they got a sale, you know, maybe at the Macy's or something. 100 dresses, 50% off. A white sale, you might say. Oh, and women's economic security. Oh, so basically anything you want to believe is you wear the white outfit, pretty much. I'm, I'm so behind the times. Very cool. All right, uh, let's go to Dan, Houston, Texas, XM Satellite. How are you? Great. How are you doing, Mark? Very well, thank you. Hey, Mark, first I want to say thank you so much for just telling the, the way it really is. No holds barred. I love it. Thank you, sir. Um, I also liked what you said earlier. Wait a uh, minute. There's Senator Menendez, and he's actually wearing clothes, uh, Dan. What? <laughs> yes. Anyway, go ahead. Um, earlier you were talking about you know, how the party isn't, or the Democrats aren't showing any respect to um, Trump. Um, I mean, even his own party, there's some of them that don't show respect to the, to the office, at least. I mean, when Obama was president, I belonged to a, a national prayer, uh, presidential prayer team. Mm-hmm. And I don't care who's in office. I pray for the president because it's what we're called to do. Mm-hmm. The man, the, the, the office deserves respect. I don't care who you are, what party you are, or anything. 
And it just makes me sick that they treat the president like dirt. Mm -hmm. Very, very disrespectful. I agree with you. Thank you for your call. All right. Apparently, Mitch McConnell went out of his way to greet the vice president. Not really. Okay, let us go to Tom, Tulsa, Oklahoma, Sirius Satellite. How are you, Tom? Mark, it's a pleasure to talk to you. I've been a long-time fan of yours. I love your show. It's like a graduate class in uh, the Constitution, law, and American history. Thank you, sir. Uh, I just wanted to call, first of all, isn't a white sale? Isn't that racist? Uh, well, I, I'm, I'm starting to think, uh, why are they all wearing white? Here, here, just hold on one second. According to Fortune, at the 2019 State of the Union Address... Expect to see a sea of suffragette white. The House Democratic Women's Working Group invited women of both political parties to wear white to honor the legacy of women's suffrage in the United States. With a record number of women serving in Congress, the sartorial choice creates a powerful visual representation of elected women's leadership. Okay, there you go. They better not eat like hamburgers with ketchup and, you know, that kind of stuff. You got to be very careful when you're wearing white. Could be a mess. Like a white uh, shirt. I wear white shirts. I always spell stuff on them. Go right ahead. The reason I called was I saw earlier uh, Maxine Waters was making a statement today that she was urging people to not watch the address this evening. Mm-hmm. And my first take on that is that's because she doesn't want people to hear the truth. That's just my take on it. Well, she's just nasty. She's always pounding away at this president. Doesn't take much for her to do that. But she's, she's pretty nasty. All right, my friend. Thank you for your call. Let's see who else is here. Andy, Edison, New Jersey, the great WABC. Hi, Mark. I want to make two quick points, but I just really wanted to say that your your preparation for your radio show is bar none, by far the best. I'm probably your age, yeah. and I've been listening to talk radio for 40 years, and you come in first place all the time. Well, you're very kind. There's a lot of good people on talk radio, but I do work my tail off, I can tell you that. Anyway, go right ahead, my friend. Yeah, so my first point is I wish there was the political will to repeal the uh, Telecommunications Act of 1996 that would take apart all these media conglomerates that feed us all this drivel. Mm -hmm. And my second point is where are the millions... By the way, let me just stop right there. The picture of this Congresswoman Omar from Minneapolis, St. Paul, who in my view is a a flat-out-of-the-closet bigot, she just took a picture with a Jewish senator by the name of Klobuchar of Wisconsin. Is it Wisconsin or is it Minnesota? I don't remember. Not sure. But, uh, I I mean, this this is how the Democrats are. Anyway, go right ahead. So my second point is, um, you know, there's, there's millions of moderate Democrats in, in the country, and where? how come they're not screaming bloody murder about all this? Well, who ha- the problem is if they're screaming bloody murder and nobody shows up with a microphone or camera, nobody's going to hear them. Yeah, I guess they're just going to have to vote. The media want the hard left. The media promote the hard left. The media want what you see, or you wouldn't right. see it. They encourage this kind of insanity because many of their members are related to people who are involved in the Democrat Party or themselves worked in administrations or on staff. But this is where their mindset is. This is where their ideology is. Yeah, I mean, the Internet's got to... There's got to be a place for moderate Democrats on the Internet. Even even Blaze TV would be great for them. Even- well, I, th- I think so, too. But it's not like we can go out and find them all. 
All right, my friend. God bless you, and thank you again. I appreciate it. All right. We'll be right back. Mark Lovin. Ladies and gentlemen, we are 10 minutes, 56 seconds, make that 54, 53 seconds away from the speech, ladies and gentlemen. No, no, not Stacey Abrams' speech, the President of the United States. President of the United States. Women wearing white, not all of them, but a lot of them. Oh, there's uh, AOC. She's so important, AOC. Done so much for the country, very, very important. I'm actually enjoying taking some calls from the callers here. Tommy, Las Vegas, Nevada, the great Kate on KDWN. Go. Man, thank you for taking my call, Mark. Really appreciate it. I just wanted to um, to vent a minute here. You remember uh, during the shutdown, you heard the Democrats say, just open the government and we'll negotiate. Just Mm -hmm. open it up and we'll talk. They're not negotiating and it just shows that you can't trust the liberals, even in this situation, you just can't trust them. How many times have deals been cut with Republican presidents and these, many of them, the same Democrats in Congress, just give us amnesty, we'll give you more money for the wall, and so forth and so on. And they didn't. All right, man, thank you for your call. I love Las Vegas, I really do. The restaurants are unbelievable, great shows, terrific people. You know, every time you go online or use public Wi-Fi, you're putting your personal information in danger. Unless you take precautions, a hacker can grab your passwords or credit card information in seconds. These hacks happen millions of times a day, and the victims have their personal information exposed or identity stolen. So how do you protect yourself? How do you keep your privacy? I'm going to tell you how, if you want to do it. The software I use is called ExpressVPN. ExpressVPN makes it super easy for anyone to stay secure online. All of us. ExpressVPN hides your IP address and encrypts all your data online. That means nobody, nobody can see what you do on the Internet, not even government spy agencies, whether they're ours or the Russians. It's true. The ExpressVPN app takes 90 seconds to set up on your computer or phone. Then you click a button and poof, you're protected. It's that simple. So if you want to protect yourself from hackers and spies, if you want to protect your privacy, visit expressvpn.com slash mark to get this special offer. Three months free with a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash mark for three months free with a one-year package. Don't risk your online data any longer. Visit expressvpn.com slash mark right away. And it really does work. Donna, Frederick, Maryland, the great WMAL. Go. Hi, Mark. I just wanted to say, a previous caller mentioned reaching out to Democrats. I know exactly where you can reach reach out to them. Go to the walk-away movement. Yeah. A lot of smart Democrats um, left the party and have congregated there. And another place I'm thinking we're going to see more of it is a lot of them are very upset about the stance on infanticide. And so I expect to see more of them moving into, say, independent spaces or into that walk-away movement space. I hope you're right, <clears throat> and the Republicans should really focus on this, not because of political reasons, but because it's right, don't you think? It's common sense, Mark, is what I think. 
Yeah. All right, Donna, thank you for your call. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are 7 minutes, 16, no, make that 15, 14 seconds away from the president's speech. I told you where I would go. You go on the uh, Mark Levin social sites, Mark Levin Show Facebook, Mark Levin Show Twitter. You can see our link there, and you'll be able to watch uh, a number of conservatives headed by uh, Eric Bowling, and you can watch the speech live there. Uh, They're going to have wonderful commentary after it, a discussion about the speech. There's no reason to be frustrated about this. No reason to be frustrated. I'm telling you right now, we already know what they're going to do. And uh, and tomorrow morning won't be any better. Trump will have failed, and Stacey Abrams, oh my Lord. We've never heard anybody speak so beautifully. She's unbelievable. And she represents the new Democrat Party. And new and fresh and wonderful and brilliant Trump. Old, rich, divisive, you know, that sort of thing. Because that's what the media do in this country. And I saw Chuck Schumer already on the floor of the uh, Senate. I mean on the floor, face down. No, I'm just kidding. And he's in his element. This is like the Oscars for politicians. It's like the Oscars for politicians. They know the cameras are on them. So they have to put this, you know, thoughtful look on or a smirk or whatever they think. Stand up and clap or not. That's the way they work. Yeah. Somebody just told me they've been watching uh, Blaze TV, the link on the live coverage, and they really like it. Uh, I can't tell you what they said, but I agree with uh, the comment that O'Reilly would have made. O'Reilly's popping up on there. Very, very interesting. Income the Supreme Court justices. I do not see Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Now, if you dare ask about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, you're said to be a conspiracy nut. Apparently, she was seen at a play that her daughter was involved in or responsible for, produced or whatever. Not any pictures of it, but apparently she was there. You don't have the right to ask any questions about a public official, especially a Supreme Court justice who's appointed for life, who doesn't or is unable to show up for work. You're not allowed to ask about that. Don't ask about Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Listen, you got to follow me. Don't ask about her and talk a lot about Stacey Abrams and how great she is. That's pretty much where we are. I think the president's going to do very, very well. Again, I think there's some things he's going to raise that I'm very concerned about. We don't need to spend another $1.5 trillion. We're going to hear about falling bridges and tunnels and everything. Well, let me tell you a little secret. Most of those bridges and tunnels are the responsibility of the states and localities, and it doesn't cost $1.5 trillion to fix them. The vast majority of $1.5 trillion is going to go through the coffers, the hands of state and local bureaucrats. They're going to build bike roads. They're going to expand airport. They're going to do all the things that they've always wanted to do, but they won't let make their taxpayers do it because their taxpayers don't want to do it. That's what that's all about. We've been through that before, but it'll be public-private, they'll tell us. Okay, why don't you just make it private? Then, of course, none of us like to pay a lot of money for prescription drugs. So all we need is the government to step in and fix it, right? The government will step in and fix it. The government stepped in to fix health care. Now nobody can afford it. Every time the government steps in, there's less of something and more cost. Think about that when you listen to the speech. 
Ladies and gentlemen, we'll have the post-speech real discussion here tomorrow night. And we salute all you heroes out there. We salute our president. And I'll see you tomorrow. Be well. Be well.